0: Welcome to episode 15 of Project Footballer. Once again, we are incredibly grateful for the feedback we've been receiving from the last episode. As Sean is away on exciting WMF business, we felt, felt it was only right to bring back Rob Ursel to fill in for Sean. <laughs> uh, on today's episode, we'll be discussing the link between football and the educational system. We'll explore life beyond football. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce James. Welcome James
1: hi guys. thanks for thanks having you on.
0: me on um we're extremely you know pleased to have you on um your journey is quite unique um yeah, and we'd like I'm sure our listeners will be would love to hear hear about it
1: yeah, so I suppose just for a brief overview um I was in the academy system my whole life from the age of six. I was playing with q p r and signed my first contract at nine um I followed a pretty typical route, I suppose at that point. Um, progressing through the age groups, um, signed my schoolboy scholarship at 16. And I suppose that's where it takes a little bit of a different turn, because instead of signing a um, a scholarship like most boys, I decided to, um, to 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 take the decision to do a schoolboy scholarship, which meant I could go to school as well as continuing playing football. And then after two years of that, when the decisions for pro contracts were coming around, I decided to to take the opportunity to go to Harvard University on a football scholarship out there. Um, instead of? Instead of signing pro. My, um, my pro contract. Um, it was a little bit before the time that we, they were being offered where I had to make the decision. So I suppose I'll never really know if I was going to be offered my pro or not. Um, but I decided to, to take that decision. Um, I thought it was the best one for me at the time. Um, and I would say throughout my time in the academy, I was always relatively confident of of receiving my my contract um in my sort of when i was 9 10 all the way up to 14 um i'd say academy football was always really beneficial for me it always pushed my development but around the time that um decisions were coming um i was always quite confident that i would receive my next contract um always quite nervous around the time as i think most people would yep. be um but um i was always kind of progressing really well um i was always really disciplined fully committed would work hard all the time um and always felt i was pushing towards the top end of the the academy Um, but i suppose as you get older and older you never really even though i was confident of receiving my contract i didn't know where i'd be in five years time um so that's why i decided to, to take the offer to go to harvard
0: incredible i mean not many people i know would would make that decision so (laughs) yeah fair play to you where did you see yourself you know uh under 11s 12s where did you see yourself in the group Mm -hmm. top top end of the group or yeah that help to make your decision um before you received your your pro contract
1: so i would always say i was pushing towards the top end of the group in academy football um i think i was one of the people that would be selected to play in the older age groups um I think I was maybe in the top category that received the offer for a scholarship. I think I was maybe the third one in my in my cohort um so I'd say especially in the younger academy days I was al- I was always quite confident and that I was one of the top players in the age group um of course, I was always pushing myself I' never really i was never comfortable with that I was Always trying to push myself, but I would say um, that I was, I, ex- I almost expected to to get a contract and keep developing until I got further and further.
2: Yeah, um, just one thing on on your on your di- on the development years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we'd agree, Mars, that a lot of kids that are playing academy football it comes at the exp at some of the expense of their their academic um achievements. Yeah. Mm, how did sure. you how well did you balance that compared to players in your let's say uh another player in a similar position in your academy in your age group? Mm. What would you say uh would you say they were doing much academically compared to what you were doing?
1: Well, I think I was really lucky in the fact that my parents were always telling me that I needed to balance my education with my football.
2: I'm not saying uh, achieving as much as you, because that's dependent on their their academic level, but the the amount of hours that you were putting into it compared to what they were doing.
1: So yeah, I was just thinking because my parents were always telling me how I needed to balance both my academics and my football. And they were telling me to really strive and do as well as I could in everything that I committed to. Um, So I think I always had the mindset of when I was in school that I was as important as my football. Um, and therefore when I was both studying and and playing, I was making sure I was putting in the hours to keep my grades good and I always wanted to achieve really well. Um, whereas I think maybe other boys around me were maybe more football focused. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I think that was more a part of the fact I was really fortunate in that in that position that I had the people behind me to tell me how important it was to, Remain um, at the best of my ability in both.
2: For sure. Do you think that that you put less hours into your football than any of your teammates?
1: I don't think I put less hours in.
2: I'm not in. saying you work less. Yeah, yeah. You know what no. I mean. I'm saying you just I'd had think, less time.
1: Yeah. Um. I'd say when I was when I was younger, I don't think I don't think that was the case. Um. However, when um it became I became older at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. That's when it became much more of a sacrifice um in terms of the fact that when when we were younger in the younger academy days i think you have a very a very regimented schedule and you can put hours in after playing and you're playing sp- pure fun you're pure enjoyment and when i became probably about 16 um maybe around the time of GCSEs um that's when there was much more of a sacrifice for me i probably wasn't playing as many hours as 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 other boys, I think the thing that hi- would probably highlight that most is when I did my schoolboy scholarship, which meant that I could play football and go to school. Um, I would have to maybe miss a session, miss a couple of sessions in the week in order to get my school hours in, um, and I would also have to sacrifice some of my gym hours, try and make that up after in the in the evening at my local gym, perhaps. Um, so that's probably where the the biggest hit came in.
0: Just for some of our listeners, um, if you'd like to explain what happens, what age did you start to go into digs um, Mm. and, and, you know, live away from parents and and how you managed to balance that life? Mm. Um, Yeah. So,
1: again, I suppose this is also where it takes a little bit of a different turn from the conventional route um, because most people, when they sign their scholarship at 16, they'll move into digs so they're more local to the club and makes traveling a lot easier. Um, whereas for me to be able to go to school as well, um, to the school that I, I wanted to in my in my local area, it was much easier for me to stay at home. Um, so I would stay at home and that would make traveling into training a lot
0: harder, but it meant going to school was easier, so it gave me more of that balance. Okay, brilliant. Just for our listeners, mm. Diggs is where players go and live with a host family. Yeah. Um, so they are closer to the training ground and then can train pretty much. Yeah, it just um, makes it easier yeah. to
1: go into the training ground every day.
0: Cool, brilliant. Did you see examples of um, of players where, yeah, they didn't perhaps take that route and just was solely on, on, on focused on, on football and wasn't bothered about the education side? Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think in in England, it's such a such a perception that all young players will go into the academy and then push for their pro contract. And because you're taken out of school at such a young age, that's all all footballers ever really know. It's almost- Tunnel vision. Yeah, basically from such a young age as well, from the age of 13, 14, when you're in the academy, you're told you'll go on to to get your scholarship, then you'll move into digs and become a footballer full time. Um, And you have, some sort of education behind you for those that two year scholarship. Um, I think you complete a, a level three B Tech course or it varies amongst amongst players. Um but I think I've definitely seen now, um, especially looking at people across the country in the age groups above me, um, how how it's all turning out and how maybe they let that education go at such a young age. And because in England that's the way you're told to think, that's um how it goes for for a lot of
0: boys i mean it's it's clear to see you had you know family support behind Mm. you um and sometimes it might not be the case for for others right because yeah Yeah, maybe you know the the family put pressure on them Mm. to they see that football is the way out for them and and to try and make something of themselves so i can see how that easily happens Mm. i think a
2: really important um part of james's message is uh the fact that yes he was really committed to his football and it, it was taking in places not everyone gets a pro whether he would or he wouldn't some people wouldn't okay but but the the important message for me is that he was really committed to his football but it didn't stop him being really committed to other parts of his life as well um i think from some of the podcasts i've watched already i think the a little bit of the message seems to be you need to be just Bloody minded, committed to football. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think you can also commit to other parts of your life, and I think that's an important part of his message, really.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. It seems like a a more holistic approach. Mm. Yeah, Um, and you you know, some things get taken out of our hands, and we don't know what can happen. So to have that as a another route to go into is surely beneficial. Mm. Yeah. Um, How did did your family? Put pressure on you to make that decision to perhaps go to Harvard, or how did how uh, did that come about? How did the Harvard situation come about?
1: Yeah, so the the Harvard situation came out came about with a pure strike of luck, really. Um, when I was when I was training, um, the Harvard scout he came to QPR's training ground. He was um, just in England doing some. He was there f- as part of a tour and was doing some scouting, I think, and came into the training ground, and. I was really lucky in the fact that um, when he was there, the coaching staff around me. At this point, I, I was looking into American universities as as a plan B in case I didn't get my pro. Um, and he was he was there, and I struck up a conversation with him. And my coaches almost urged me to to have a conversation with him as well, just in case um, things didn't work out. Um, and they knew I was looking at those options as well. Um, and I'd say, from then, the conversation almost snowballed. Um, we kept in contact. Um, they were looking for a player similar to me um, in my position as well that could that could go out there in my age group um, and we kept in contact and I think, as time rolled on, um, I became more and more interested and almost the interest that Harvard offered offered me as well. Um, it almost helped, um, like change my perception on the situation. Yeah. I I felt as if if I pushed really hard and really went for trying to to get the offer from Harvard, then then that may, may be the best option for me. Um, it was a comp- massive strike of luck and real right place right time. Um, however, I feel as though I I had prepared myself really well for that situation. Um, there's a great um, sports lawyer out there called Daniel G, and he always says, luck is where your preparation meets your opportunity. And I feel like that was really where, where that message was highlighted to me. Um, we've actually had Daniel on the podcast. Oh, really? Have <laughs> Yeah, 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 we've had him on the podcast. Yeah, you know, he's a really good guy. Really mm. good guy. Uh, so that message almost really worked in, in my favour. And I think when that opportunity came up, it was a great chance for me to almost take, take it and, and
0: really push for it. So there was no pressure. Was the decision made solely by you or mm-hmm. was it your parents swayed you or what would you um, say?
1: I think as I, as I mentioned earlier, my parents were always keen for me to just do the best I can in in what I was focused on. Um, they didn't really want me to do anything half-heartedly. Um, so I could take on as much as I could and and go with that. And I was really happy at the time of when I had these two decisions to make. Um in the fact that I didn't feel so much that they that they were pushing me in one direction or the other. Um I think they although they gave gave um their side of the story, they very much put the decision in my hands, uh, which was nice. And I think they just made it um highlighted the key points to me, told me if I take this route what my my future could look like and also that I also only really get one chance to fight for a professional contract at, at a club like in, in the academy. Um, so they highlighted the pros and cons of both, and that let me almost make up my mind. And it wasn't uh, an easy decision at all, but I'm quite glad in the in the decision I made.
2: Good. What what way did they sway? Uh,
1: I think they were more keen for me to take the option I did and, and go to America. Yeah. Um,
2: I and mean, you, you say you only get one chance in the academy, but you only get one chance really at that.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but I don't think they were pressuring me at all to, to go one way or the other. Um, I think my mum's a teacher as well, so maybe that that pushed her, her, um, her decision in, in that direction. Um, but I was really happy in the way that everybody around me, in terms of my support network, um, even the club, uh, my parents, my friends... Um, they they were all supporting me to choose the best decision for me and what was really refreshing was that the club were were helping me make that decision as well um f- they helped me so much all the time throughout my my journey with with balancing school um and they knew it was a massive factor for me and they when the opportunity to go to harvard came up they they um didn't hold me back
0: from pursuing that option
2: they can't have had many uh, kids in their academy that. Would-
1: got that
0: chance ever yeah, so, yeah. yeah yeah you you mentioned before when uh, when Harvard um came knocking they encouraged you to speak to them when you'd made the decision they were completely fine with it or were they mm. were they trying to convince you you know this is your once in a lifetime opportunity here
1: yeah so it was a it was a fine balance almost um having having that opportunity because um i was working so hard to get my pro and I also had this in the background and I didn't know at what point I had to make a decision. Um, but I remember going into my my meeting when it was a, a little bit before they were going to be offering pros almost like a, a um, mid-season review um, to tell you what you would need to improve on, what you need to keep doing, how likely you are to get that pro at the end. And that was the decision, that was the time I was going to tell them that I would be taking the opportunity to go to Harvard and I was so nervous going into that going into that meeting just cuz I had I had no idea what their reaction would be um and I remember the meeting was going on and I was going to mention it at the end, and I can't remember a single word. Thing, <laughs> just because I was thinking the whole time about how the news would break. But imagine being that coach that tells someone not to go to Harvard. You, yeah. you can't. You can't. You, you can't yeah. do that. But yeah. I remember when I when I said it, and the whole the coaching staff that were in there were thrilled for me. They were really yeah. proud. of no, um, really proud of me that that the opportunity had come up and that I was deciding to take it, and there was no spite in the the way they took it, they were fully, um, really proud. Um, I think because I'd been in the academy such a long time um, and they were just really proud that I was I was going to be taking that chance and even, even after that, um, we still had um, a pretty good chunk of the season left and they were still allowing me to train, still pushing me to my best um, and then even the year after when I wasn't allowed to go to America because of the the covid restrictions the club still let me come back and train um throughout that whole time so i was really grateful for the way they handled the whole situation yeah. and allowed me to keep um reaching my potential
0: brilliant what was some of your your peers reaction i'd be interested to know yeah what? it was um it was it was similar to be fair okay. um,
1: i think in the in the past um when i decided when i was one of the only people still going to school um a lot of people maybe didn't really understand why i would choose that decision um they would almost say like oh well don't you want to be a footballer if you want to be a footballer don't you shouldn't you be fully committed um and i didn't see it that way at all i still felt i had as equal chances as making it a footballer as as anyone else um but for me it was just about having the the backup option the the plan b in case it didn't work out um my teammates were, were amazing. They were so um, supportive throughout the whole time. Um, I would never get comments when I was rushing in late to training or anything like that in a f- blazer or my school uniform. <laughs> and I was sitting in a meeting while everyone is in their club tracksuit, and I was the only one um, wearing school school stuff. Um, I probably would have made a comment. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when I told told them the news after after my meeting, they similar reaction, all really proud, really happy. I think because um, they knew how well I had done balancing both at the same time, um, they were all really happy for me when I when I when I told them, and again helped me out in training, and it took a massive weight off my shoulders for the next couple of months while I was uh while I was training there.
0: Like you mentioned, you know, you you did manage to to balance both, mm. um, but do you see how for those who are perhaps excelling academically how football can be a distraction i think it's it's hard to call it a distraction because i would never i would
1: never tell i would never tell any young aspiring footballer to 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 not play football and to not have that goal of of becoming a professional footballer i just think it's about having having a good balance having the the know-how of how important your education can be to give you a more sustainable future um uh I think that's probably the way that I would look at it and I don't think football should be seen as a, distract- a distraction I think um every young footballer with a passion to make it should should take that should take that journey um I think my my message should be that they have that balance in the classroom as well and they make sure that they're giving themselves a good foundation for if football doesn't work out and how well how do you balance it then? How did you manage to balance mm-hmm. the, um, um, the journey? So it was really difficult and again I'm really grateful for the the support network that I had and I think that was that was really key in, in helping me. Um and I understand that um not everyone can can achieve that in the fact that I was really grateful for the way my school handled the whole situation. My school and the club had a really good relationship which made everything so much better. Also the way the club handled me was was excellent and allowed me to pursue both things. And I imagine um that isn't always the case. So I would really push for all um academies to almost help students who who feel that way, um, to to help them out in that regard. And I think the best thing for me was my it helped with my discipline a lot and my time management. So I would often go to school in the morning for the first couple of hours, then make my way to the, to the training ground. And then after a training session... How far was that journey? It would be about 40 minutes to an hour. Um, and then after that, go back to school and finish the afternoon there. Um, so that time management was was really difficult. And then having to f- um, make up for the gym sessions that I'd missed in the evening whilst finishing my schoolwork, um, it was a tough balance. But it's definitely something I think it helps build a lot of, of discipline. Um, Some good life skills. There. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It helped me stay very grounded and, and um, really motivated a lot of the time as well.
0: We've had some examples within, you know, the com- the company where some kids who who have signed to a professional uh, academy, mm. QPR actually, who've managed to then gain scholarships to secondary schools. Mm. Was that your case or did you just go to um, a state school? Mm. Or?
1: So I went to um, a school in my local area. I went to a, a grammar school um, and then when the decision to, like, not everyone in the not everyone decides to go to university, um, but it's quite a common route. Um, I think at that time, I, uh, instead of, um, sorry, I meant sixth form. Not everyone decides to yeah. get sixth form. Some people do, some people don't. Um, and I wanted to continue my education into sixth form. Um,
0: and that's when I decided to make the decision to take yeah. a schoolboy scholarship. But it's, uh, it's obviously having Mason now, knowing that this is poss- a possibility where, you can focus on the education side and he can gain entries into really top schools, um, in the, in, in London, you know, I almost feel like, yeah, that's, that's the route to go. So you can have a bit of both. I mean, what would you, if you had uh, a son or daughter? Yeah, no, I mean, ideally that keeps both routes
2: open, doesn't it? I mean, um, the other thing is that we've been saying on a lot of podcasts that I've been hearing is about, you're either a Premier League footballer or you're not. It's kind of the message that I think we've kind of unintentionally um, sent out a little bit with through the guests or whatever. But I mean, I never played in the Premier League or anything like that. But I, I've worked in football all my life and I've I've loved it. I've got so many memories and I've learned a lot and everything. There's not just one route to to being a footballer, for example, or to making a living through football, or to enjoying football and making a living somewhere else
0: yeah Mm. no football definitely does give you so much opportunity and yeah um so yeah no i I agree with with what you just said rob if you had to make the decision again Mm. would you choose the same the same path i think so yeah i am being halfway through my
1: college experience i um i'm really happy at the moment i think it was the best decision for me um i don't have any regrets um I always always thought the the way I'll truly know will be in five years' time, in ten years time, looking down the future. Um I'll be able to see where a lot of the people in in my position um in the academy system where they ended up. Um I think almost a benefit in that is the fact that I was in the academy system for so long. Um I have a really broad scope of of players that I can I can look at and kind of compare. Um But I'm really happy with the decision that I made. Um, I think it's probably, definitely was the the best decision for me.
0: And you're still playing as well. I mean, you know, off off camera, you were saying you were, in some games you were still playing in in front of crowds of 3,000 and and whatnot. So, you know, that is still going on,
1: right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the best part for me is that I I still get to pursue playing football. Um, It's such an amazing experience being a student athlete in America um and also i suppose you've always got the opportunity to to be entered into the draft or to play in the second divisions in america or after you finish your university experience you can come back to england and and try and work your way into the into the footballing system so it definitely leaves the door open um i feel like it just provides you with um a really good breadth of opportunities that you could take
2: yeah i've got a few friends who have been out to america to Mm. on scholarships full scholarships None of them come back. So <laughs> this might be the last time we see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean they—they they all love the life out there. So, yeah. and they will end up getting it. Well, they've all ended up getting pretty good opportunities out of football. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. But is—is all... is that something you're, you know, keeping the door open? Mm. Um, if you know, once you finish your studies and you might come back to yeah. England to still pursue that, or. I think, I think the best thing
1: for me is that the door is still open if if I want to take it. Um, I think when you're in America, you need to, um, or you have the, the chance to be able to put as much into your football as you want. Um, and again, I'm in a really lucky position that I've almost been balancing football in school my whole life. So I'm quite used to being able to put a lot of effort into both. Um, and it's definitely a door that, that would still be open for me.
0: And then um, the scholarship through Harvard, is that a full ride or? So it's a
1: bit different for um, the Ivy League universities, which is um, probably some of the names like Harvard, Yale, um, Princeton, um, those schools in terms of they make a decision based off your your family income. Um, so I suppose it is more fair in that way and you can pay what you can afford. Um, but I, I have friends that have um, gone on almost more performance-based scholarships out to America, um, and there are other really top universities that provide um, performance-based scholarships um, outside of the Ivy League. Um, Stanford's a really great example. Wake Forest, Notre Dame. So there are some really top universities that that provide um, good scholarships.
0: Brilliant. Um, just going back onto the point where I was saying a lot of there are schools. It's happening more and more where schools here, uh, secondary schools, private secondary schools are, you know, picking up boys that are, and girls who are at academies. Mm. Um, and it's almost like, it's it's almost prestigious for them to get the best players in, in these academies um, to come and, and, and for them to go into their school. Mm. If, if you were to go back, would you perhaps pursue one of those schools?
1: Um. It's a good question. Um, I don't really know, I think at the time it would have to be um, something that, that I would maybe look at. Um, I was really happy with the way that I did it in terms of the fact I, um, the way I went to school and the way I balanced um, my football. Um, I think even that must be something that's really growing because even when, when I was making that decision I didn't really, I wasn't really aware that that was a possibility um and i think that's something even for me in terms of taking a schoolboy scholarship that not many people are even too aware that that is an option yeah, for them
2: i mean when you said it it mm. sounded to me like
1: so i can't think of anyone yeah i've encountered those, done that mm. um and i think qpr has a really good track record of being able to provide schoolboy sh- scholarships and having that relationship to develop their players but i think across the country it's almost unheard of um so it'll be interesting to see hopefully in a few years time how it's all i think the most important thing is that will be made aware to to young athletes and more importantly to their parents um and the fact that it is possible to be able to do both um yeah. because i just feel like at the moment for for young players and for for parents the only way is a really a, na- a narrow route for them
2: how did you become aware of it
1: so for me um my parents were were very keen on they me to, for to go so to so school. So if, if they hadn't
2: have actively pushed for it, you probably would have just gone to QPR and stopped studying?
1: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think the fact that my parents were always really keen for me to have a good education behind me. When I turned um, 16 after my GCSEs, they were um, asking questions of the club in terms of allowing me to, to, continue, to continue going to school and doing my A-levels. Um, and really luckily for me as well the club had previously done it with um with another boy so they had that experience in being able to to coach both um but that's where i think QPR is was really beneficial for me in the fact that they were very supportive in in that yeah. element um but i think if you went up and down the country to other academies it maybe wouldn't even have been put on the table and that would have left me in a in a really difficult um place because i wouldn't have been able to i would have had to probably choose one or the other um, yeah when it's not so let's
2: say your parents um didn't push you towards education they didn't they just weren't thinking about it um who who do you think would need to do better by you would you think it would be the clubs or the schools in terms of helping you to be aware of that possibility Mm. or both
1: well I suppose for clubs it's a it's a weird one because they need their players to be fully invested and they Yeah but they, so do schools. And so do schools. But I think it almost becomes put on the 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 players in the fact that the players and the parents and the fact that for some people signing their their scholarship would be the best way for them. However for other people it would be really beneficial to carry on um doing doing both. Um so I think as long as People would be made aware of the fact that that was an option. Um, I think the onus or the responsibility would come to the players, and the fact that they just have that awareness that there's more of a decision that they could be could okay. be making.
0: I know Tony Pulis, who who managed several teams in the Premier League, he's coming up with um with a plan to for for players to be more aware of that educational side. Mm. Um, obviously you know, the percentages of how how many do make it pro and, and go on to play um, a professional level um, can be quite low, even at 16. So, yeah, he's now coming up with, he's put it to the Premier League and to the FA. Um, so hopefully, yeah, there will be more cases where, yeah. or at least more players are aware that this is a route that they can go down. Mm.
1: Um, I think the biggest thing for me, when I was 15, 16, I had... Um, I had all the the small steps for me in order to become a professional footballer. And you're not really thinking about what you're gonna be doing uh, in the future. You're thinking very much as, oh, I'll focus on getting my next scholarship. I'll focus on getting my next contract. Um, And even for me, when I had my my A-levels behind me, I was thinking, if I don't get my pro, I'll just, I'll work it out. go to university or I can get a job straight away or something. But I didn't really know the the little steps in between that would get me there. I just knew the final goal. Um, and I think it would be great if people became a little bit more aware and didn't make that mistake or didn't um, think the same way that I did in that situation. In the fact they really thought about, well, if it doesn't work out, what next because i think a lot of people end up signing that that contract on a really short term deal as a young player and then in yeah, a year's no, time no. or even in a two years time it doesn't work out and then they're sat there thinking well what now and i think it's best if you just have that that plan b or that backup option in case you get in you get found in that position
0: and also it can even be quite detrimental to they're playing because if if they're thinking this is it this is my only way yeah it's a, lot of it, a lot of pressure a lot mm. of pressure on themselves yeah and you know we know it, it needs to be more of a relaxed and and you know to be able to play freely and, and still enjoy it and not mm. feel that pressure at such an, a young age mm. right
1: yeah um i just think when when you're a kid when you're 15 16 the only thing you want is to be a professional footballer and you know nothing better, that's all you're gonna wanna be able to do. Um, And I definitely had that mindset of getting my next contract, getting into the first team, then I'll become a pro and I'll play in front of 20, 30,000 people. (laughs) And if you look at the statistics, it's just not that common for for everybody to be able to do that. And I think what happens to a lot of people is you lose sight of what your career would actually look like. and again, I would never discourage anyone from pursuing that, that goal. I just think it's really important that you think about the little steps in between and how you get to that goal. And even if that doesn't work out, what do you have um, on the side in case it doesn't work out that way?
2: Was there ever, ever a point where you think um, you had that, uh, you, you could see that your teammates put themselves under more pressure than you because you had that, that plan B, something to fall back on?
1: I don't think I've I've seen that yet, however, I do think if I was still involved in the academy system I would perhaps start to see that now, now that I'm a little bit older. Um because I think to get your your scholarship is extremely extremely tough and strenuous. Um, you mean because they're at
2: an older age and closer to the I think the so make or break time.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um because I think when you when you come out of the academy at sixteen or when you sorry when you sign your scholarship at sixteen, you still have quite a long way to go yeah. in yeah, yeah. in the process to make it. To you the feel 13. like you got a bit of a safety net of a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you're about my age now, twenty, even a few years older, and you're on the shorter term contracts, and if you don't if you don't um, get that and that next professional contract, you need to almost get into the the real working world. Um, if you can't pick up another a club um, and I think when you're younger you always have that chance to be able to to go to another another club or you can always think oh I can go to school I can still do something in education whereas when you're a little bit older maybe the options are a little bit more narrow
0: so at um just for our listeners how how long was the, the scholarship deal for two years two years 16 yeah. and then what was the offer on the pro contract how many years
1: so I think it really varies amongst clubs. I think if I was put in that position again, and I would, I would probably be on a one-year contract. I imagine um, coming out of my of my scholarship.
0: So that's hence why you're saying, when you are on that one deal, that short-term deal, mm. that's when the pressure really comes, right? Because yeah. if you're not pushing to make the first team, um, then you're looking oh, where where else might I end up, right?
1: Mm, definitely. Um, I think, again, it really varies amongst clubs, but I think even in the best-case scenario as an 18-year-old, if you get a long-term four-, five-year contract, by the time that runs up and you're 22, 23, if, if you're not knocking on the first-team door by then and you let you get let go at the age of 23, you still have so much time left. And if you don't end up being able to find another club, I think a lot of players will find themselves in a situation where they don't really know what to do. Um, so I think my, my biggest advice would be for 15, 16 year olds to, to come up with or think about a longer term plan, um, in the next five years, where do you want to be? And if plan A doesn't work out, what is plan B? And do you have all the steps to make sure that that works as well? Um, and even if that doesn't work, then what could, a different potential avenue be and you don't have to have it all worked out but i just think so, it's important to have the knowledge of what
0: other options look like no brilliant no i think the message has been fantastic and it's it's good for our listeners and, and parents to to know that it, there isn't just one way mm. you know there are potent you know different avenues you can take and you can balance both
2: mm. um, yeah i think that's the most important thing i think yes yeah. yeah. it doesn't take away from your football to be to have something else and you should ideally not everyone is in that position but ideally it'd be much better if you can have
0: both yeah i mean i've I found it really useful and and really informational so thank you thank you james yeah, thanks, for, for coming on um and i'm sure our listeners and and um would have found that very useful too so appreciate that thank you very much
2: thanks so much. Thank, thank you, you.